Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Film Chat, a podcast all about a couple called Sam and Danny, who are happily married despite a 30-year age gap. After Sam suffers a heart attack, which renders him unable to perform sexually, he commits suicide and becomes a ghost that only Danny can see and speak to. To make it possible for Sam to return, the two conjure up a plan to have a young man drown so that Sam can possess his corpse. Is what I would be saying if this was a adaptation of the 1989 actual film Ghost Can't Do It. That, that might sound like quite a brief... Uh, Ghost Can't Do It. <laughs> Ghost Can't Do It, but that's all the information that was available on Wikipedia. Uh, this is, in fact, just a podcast where we talk about and review films. I'm Danny Moran, and joining me is a man who prefer to die than lose the ability to bone, Sam Foster. <clears throat> you there, boy! What day is it? Why? That's right! <laughs> it's the day that comes a few days after a new Star Wars film comes out. Do you know the podcast shop on the next street but one on the corner? Y- yes. Of course you do! Intelligent boy. Remarkable boy. Do they still have that review of Rogue One, a Star Wars story, hanging in the window? I, I think Wonderful, so. wonderful. Delightful, boy. Pleasure talking to you. Go and fetch it and bring it here. And I will give you a shilling. If you have it here within 20 minutes, I'll give you half a crown. Cheers. In fact, now that I think of it, there are several more things I want from the podcast shop. If you could have them deliver a review of that charming documentary about the heroic Mongolian girl, the one learning to hunt with eagles, uh, what was it called? Uh, The Eagle Huntress? That's the one! Such an impressive boy. Marvellous boy. And while you're there, if you can find anything about the American conservative fellow, that's Sean Hannity, executive producing a Christian drama starring Hercules. I'll take a dose of that. And perhaps a snippet about the sexy follow-up to Suicide Squad. That uh, David Ayer is making, you know, the one that sounds like it could be an empowering action film aimed at women or a wank fantasy for dorks. Outstandingly nice boy. Superb boy. Finally, one more thing. One more thing. If they have this. They might not. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Do they have an oral history of Helen McCrory's barbecues? The three-hour version featuring Brendan Gleeson and all his sons. You know the one I mean. <laughs> Maybe. I'll give you a guinea thruppence. What's what? No copies left of that one? Oh, what a shame. What a shame. Lovely boy. Tremendous boy. Films, 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 lots of films, 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 films. He's good films, bad films, fun films, sad films, films we love, weird films, Lars won't trade. 
that's Doggy Turfitch. Films by David Lynch, films short, films six hours long. We've got films up to your gills with films, 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 movies. Are you feeling comfortable? Film chat has begun. I have some correspondence from myself. We are doing another mostly ungoogable film quiz, our fifth one. Mm-hmm. Same location, the social on Little Portland Street, 7.30 on the 4th of January. We can guarantee that something good will happen in 2017, this quiz. Absolutely. And it's going to double as a bit of a celebration for our 100th episode, which will it'll be slightly after it. But yeah. we'll, actually, we'll probably take a break after 100, won't we? Yeah. So it'll probably, uh, that will still be fresh. Yeah. 100th episode. Um, so it might, there's probably going to be 100 questions. All the rounds are going to be 100 themed. Yeah. And the prize is 100,000 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> A 100 themed number. Yeah. 100,000. Um, so yeah. So so come along. Danny's pretty much done all of his stuff for it already. I basically haven't started mine. But I work well in short spaces of time. Yeah. In short bursts. Yeah. That's why you're so good on this podcast. But, you know. You go over an hour, it's just gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. Come to that, please. Georgia Mills has written to us. Very nice um, thing for her to do. She says, They just announced Secret Cinema this year is Moulin Rouge. What would your ideal Secret Cinema film be, and how would you do it? Brilliant, so, brilliant question. You, you know Secret Cinema, don't you, listeners? And you know it, don't you, Danny? I do. It used to be a thing where you signed up and then you saw a film but you didn't know what it was going to be. Hence the secret element. And then they were like, nah. Nah, just cinema. It's just cinema now. But it's like you go to see a movie. You know what it is, but it's like an event. And it's a kind of play or it's like a theatrical experience. Yeah, they did the most... The biggest one they did was the Back to the Future one where they sort of recreated Hill Valley and you were like literally in the 50s town. And yeah. And Play yeah. in the arcades and all that. And they did um, Empire Strikes Back, which is like a massively elaborate thing, taking you through the plot of the first movie prior to the second one. Yeah. And all this kind of stuff. Now they're doing Moulin Rouge, which... I guess there'll be just some prostitutes you can hire. Well, and it all takes place in a giant theatre, so it makes sense Sure. for them to do it as for Secret Cinema, you know? Yeah. yeah. I can see why they would choose that one. I, myself, would probably not go to it because I find the film pretty annoying. Yeah, me neither. But... <laughs> But uh, yeah, so what? Uh, what I've do you got, think? I've got two ideas. Okay. Um, one is the film Buried with Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> and they just bury you with like an iPad with that movie on. <laughs> yeah, but then the the twist is I don't tell you this, but like after the movie's ended, like there's just radio silence for like twenty minutes, so like you're fucking terrified. So you think you've actually been buried, buried alive. alive? Yeah. Yeah. And then they bring you up. That's good. Yeah, that's a very good one. And then my other idea would be to show Planet of the Apes, but just, like, go to a country where the animal laws are quite lax and just have, you know, like, monkey butlers and stuff serving drinks. <laughs> or, like, real apes and monkeys. Yeah, you, I don't know, like, you probably find on YouTube or something, that, but you could have, used to have, like, chimpanzee tea parties. You could go to the zoo mm-hmm. and have tea with chimps. So I reckon just find a country where that's still okay. You mean it's like the PG Tips ad, but yeah, exactly. in real life? You could do that. Wow. Um, so I think, I mean, it's probably a bit cruel to the animals, but, mm. but instead of tea, just like cocktails, get the monkeys making you cocktails, serving you drinks. It's that basically just good. like going to the cinema with the staff of monkeys. 
Or apes, I guess. They'd have to be apes, right? <laughs> They're different. They're different. Uh, no, those are really good. Those are really good suggestions. Okay, my brain has been furiously working away while you've been talking, trying to think of uh, or maybe small ones. Sorry, maybe no, okay, you go, go and it's like Plow of the Apes, and this is people in ape costumes, but like throughout the evening, you sort of like replace the human staff with apes. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time the movie ends, like everyone is an ape. How about that's true, but it's also the audience as well. Yeah, it's like really expensive because only one only person. One guy. <laughs> and everyone else is in on it. Everyone, yeah, exactly. And they realize at the end, yeah, everyone has been turned into apes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about it's Brazil, uh, but it's just a nightmare to find your way <laughs> to where the screen is, and it takes like hours. You got to fill in tons of forms. Like, I think they might have done a Brazil one. Oh, really? Well, just, you know, loads of tubings and stuff. Just, Tube like, recreated thing. the production design. Yeah. But that's a much you better You already idea. got a real bureaucratic obstacle to get <laughs> into the movie. You got, yeah. like, oh, sorry, you didn't get your form stamped. Yeah, with and everyone's name is a bit wrong. Or, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's actually loads. Like, I feel like this is an idea you could run and run with. It must be fun to be in the secret cinema pitch meeting room. Yeah. I bet in the last one, like, Moulin Rouge was the most boring suggestion. There was a guy in there suggesting this, like, epic Planet of the Apes. Everyone turns into an ape. Uh, yeah. Darren Brown, mind I didn't mention this before, but I was actually in the committee for Secret <laughs> Cinema, and I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> Kept on suggesting the ape idea ideas on board. every single month. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this missed time, the ape idea? How about it's X-Men, but everyone is turned into a water creature, and you just, you just dissolve? <laughs> That's not what I. Yeah, that's uh, doesn't doesn't work. <laughs> Superhero films announced, casting rumors leaking out. M. Night Shyamalan's film is hated. Paul Thomas Anderson's is fated. Meryl Streep's Oscar tipped. Matt Damon's in a viral vid. Michael Bay's made a mint. That's the news that's been to print. So followers of the U.S. election may have come across Sean Hannity. He is an outspoken. Uh, somewhat crazy He's fox Trump head. Yeah, he loves Trump. Yeah, uh, hates Obama, hates any liberals. There's a real partisan agenda, and um, he's hosts his TV show. He's got a radio show. He's got a dating website as well. He's a bit of a sort of yeah. Um, what's the term we're looking for here? Polymath, evil Renaissance polymath. man, <laughs> Renaissance man, and he is extend adding another string to his bow with film producing and acting, and he is going to be in. An upcoming faith-based movie called Let There Be Light, which is written by Kevin Sorbo, famous for playing Hercules on Hercules' The Legendary Journeys, and is an outspoken Christian who starred in the weirdly successful God's Not Dead a few years ago, which yeah. got a bit of notoriety because it was made for $2 million and grossed $61 million. A lot of Christians. We've both seen God's Not Dead. Mm. Super weird but movie. But we stole it yeah. from God himself. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, you Christian mega lobby and your stupid beliefs or something. And in that film, Kevin Sorbo played a atheist philosophy professor who challenged a Christian to a debate because he refused to say God's dead. God's dead. He wouldn't say it. He wouldn't say it. And they had a debate and then he lost. He lost. And then it gets weirder and creepier from there. Yeah. And this sounds like a similar movie where once again, he's playing an outspoken atheist who has a change of heart. And uh, this is a clip from the end of the movie that Sean Hardy played on his show. And it seems to imply that some sort of miracle is happening and they yeah. need TV coverage. We just want to give everyone the opportunity to speak to somebody 
about the love of Christ. I mean, they can make their own decisions. And unlike ISIS, this is not a convert or die proposition. Here's my question. Do you have a media partner? Is there anybody out there on Christmas Eve that's going to show this band of light going around the entire globe? Is anybody covering this? Well, uh, so far, no one's covering it, not even a little bit. Well, that's going to change right now. I can do it on my network. We're in every country, and on Christmas Eve, we could do a three-hour special to show this band of light as it makes its way around the globe through the different time zones. It's a great, it is an incredible clip. It's brilliant. You mean yeah. no one's covering this light going around the earth? I, I can do that on the Fox network. Yeah. I understand you've come to me. You've got light encircling the world. And NBC say it's boring? <laughs> well, I'm here. Yeah, really strange. It sounds a bit like a Doctor Who finale or something. Yeah. Yeah, but it's all about getting good ratings. Do we know the plot of it? Like, All we know is that he is a atheist who's challenged who's challenged our beliefs, whose beliefs are challenged. Mm. Which sounds very similar to God's Not Dead. Sounds like God's Not Dead. Well, that's what the weird thing about God's Not Dead. You know, I got no problem with these, you know, Christian movies, but the perspective is always like proving the haters wrong. Mm. It's not like, I'm trying to think of like a faith-based, it's not like Narnia or whatever, where it's got a Christian message, but it's, you know, chases and animals and stuff. Everyone can enjoy it. It's like, you stupid, mean-hearted atheist. You were idiot. It's got this real, like, uh, the Christians are such victims, but they're also like millions of them, and they're right. Yeah, this weird dichotomy of like, well, it's got this old, quit picking on me. But there's this sort of message that's like, don't worry about what other people say, just believe whatever you want. But like, the existence of the movie itself demonstrates this <laughs> attitude that you do really care what other people say because it's such a passive-aggressive film. They're very odd, very odd. But I'm looking forward to this one because God's Not Dead. The climax is a rock concert. Yeah. And in this one, presumably the climax is a band of light circling the earth. That sounds much more dramatic, doesn't it? Also, Not I mean, just like the latest Newsboys gig. I bet the budget's going to be pretty low, so that light's going to look pretty shit. Do you think it's just going to look like the start of BBC News? Like the BBC News ident? Yeah. Like there's like sort of band of light going through London? Sure. So it's going to be like <laughs> that, but like... <laughs> no, one's, no one's filming it until Sean got involved. <laughs> It's like going to be a bit where he watches BBC News and it's like that, and then there's that sort of light going everywhere, yeah. and he's like, "What is this? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! What is this?" Yeah, at the beginning he says like, "Oh my god," and he's like, "Oh my my god!" <laughs> Call back. <laughs> That's screenwriting. Yeah, <laughs> at the beginning he just drops his pen or something. He's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And then the pen leaps back into his hand. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. This, How did gonna be good. Kevin Sorbo, you know, as a obviously devout Christian, play a Greek god, which, you know, in that show purported like a sort of Hercules. secular kind of view of religion with like all these capricious gods warring with each other. It's a bit pagan, he must have it? been like It's a bit satanic, actually. Yeah. Between takes, he must have been like, this is bullshit. Yeah, it's not true, is it? It's not true. It's not fucking true. Disappointed! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unless he was constantly trying to insert some kind of Jesus mythology into... uh, Or maybe as Hercules... Wait, Hercules is constantly set off against the gods anyway, isn't he? Yeah. He's always, like, trying to face off against some god or other. So maybe he saw that as, like, Hercules really trying to bring the whole system down. (laughs) And, like, he knows, Sorbo knows in his motivation that he wants to replace it with, like... 
the one true god of uh, Christianity. He wanted the series to end with him killing all the gods and then himself. And then himself. <laughs> and then, like, uh, you know, Jesus turning Jeez, up. Yeah. It's like, you got it from here, and he kills himself. <laughs> Tag in. <laughs> now, that right. would have been an ending. We'd still be yeah. talking about it. Yeah, like yeah. The Sopranos ending. <laughs> anyway, good luck with that. Good luck, Sorbo. Sorbo. It's going to be out next Thanksgiving, apparently. Yeah. So, I guess that'll be on demand. We'll review it then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. It's going to be the prestige review of the year. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Comic book news for... Uh, we never cover that. The nerds out there. Um, I hear you, nerds. You said you wanted more comic book news and we're delivering. So Margot Robbie is planning to reunite with the director of Suicide Squad, David Ayer for a movie in which she will once again play Harley Quinn, her popular character from that film. And it's going to be an all-female villains kind of version of Suicide Squad. So Suicide Squad was a hodgepodge of uh, comic book supervillains all coming together to do good stuff or whatever. And now it's going to be that, but they're all going to be ladies, uh, which is an idea that was mooted before, and I think maybe we discussed it before. Did we discuss it before? Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's sort of moved on. Um, mainly through the acquisition of David Ayer, and it's also acquired a title, and it's going to be called Gotham City Sirens, which is uh, an existing comic book, apparently. And I would say that the two new pieces of information we know about it make it sound worse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, First of all, calling it Gotham City Sirens sort of emphasizes the babe-like aspect to it, doesn't it? <laughs> Gotham City Babes. Whoa. Like it's so sexy. They're going to kill you and then fuck your corpse and it's going to look awesome. <laughs> uh, or something. And yeah, um, the other characters in the comic book, uh, the main trio are Harley Quinn and Catwoman and Poison Ivy. Catwoman and Poison Ivy are um, characters who have been relatively heavily sexualized, I would say, in previous yeah. incarnations. Like Uma Thurman in the Batman v. Robin thing and... Uh, the um, Michelle Halle Pfeiffer. Berry sexy cat suit thing, Catwoman. Yeah. yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. I guess uh, Anne Hathaway is a bit more just Anne she, Hathaway, she's a bit more sort of like regular badass Batman equal sort of. Yeah, portrayal. definitely. Although I kind of, you know, it would be surprising if they went down that route. To be honest, yeah. some something tells me they may cast some buxom, attractive ladies. Yeah, and um, it's a bit like Josh Trank getting another movie, right? I yeah. guess Suicide Squad made money, but it's pretty it's much one of the of worst reviewed garbage. films of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's because they took this movie away from him, recut it, and he just like towed the line? He yeah. turned up for the press. It's a reward he, for loyalty. Like, you know, he didn't do the Josh Trank, Bernard Bridges thing. He's like, I'm really pleased with this movie. You know, we worked as a team to make it the best film ever. And they're like, okay, good work, David, selling all that bullshit. You yeah. can make another movie. We, we absolutely shat over your film and transformed it beyond recognition. <laughs> and it's garbage. So thanks for saying it was good. Yeah. It is remarkable. Well, we were discussing how this is indicative of a trend where if you're a white guy in Hollywood, your career can survive almost anything. anything. Absolutely anything. As opposed to any, I guess anyone in Hollywood is not a white male as a minority. 
yeah. by the standards of Hollywood. So like any woman or person of color who had would have the same kind of career setback. You can't imagine a situation. Yeah. What's this issue that like um, they're always representing a whole class of people, and it's like, well, films directed by women don't sell if your <laughs> female-led movie doesn't uh, go off the ground. Whereas men seem to, yeah, be able to like come out with any old trash. It's amazing that Josh Trank has got another gig after, like, a, you cannot imagine doing a worse job on a film than he did on Fantastic Four. <laughs> in every even, aspect. In every aspect, even allowing for studio interference being a negative thing. And yeah, David Ayer's Suicide Squad was really bad. And also, one of the things that was bad about it was like how sexualized it was in its depiction of female characters. Yeah, absolutely. They're all like hotties, like. Um, sort of horny hotties. Why don't I get a woman to direct this? Um, yeah, well, it's like, yeah, I can't believe it. it's really amazing. They don't, they're not getting a woman to direct it. They do have a female writer, at least. They had a couple of female writers, but yeah, like they're not. It's really surprising well, me. They, they had didn't a, get they've a woman got a female director it. for Wonder Woman, right? It's um, Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so they're like one's enough. We can't have. We can't well, be making. Come on, we can't have more than one. one. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. How much do you want from us? Feminazis. Two. Oh. Sam and Danny both watched a film and they decided to record a few opinions on the things they saw. You're gonna hear them in a moment or so. There could be angry disagreements, but their views are normally quite close. A joint review shared between two podcast brothers. Do they let one another speak or do they interrupt each other? The light is on, the guys are in, so let the chat begin. Start talking now. Okay, we're not going straight into the Rogue One review. That's going to be a treat for later. And in order to listen to it, you need to earn your uh, uh, your populist uh, blockbuster film by listening to us review a documentary set in Mongolia. But it is probably the most thrilling documentary set in Mongolia you're ever going to see. So it's called The Eagle Huntress, um, directed by this guy called Otto Bell. Uh, it's his first movie. And... Um, it is about a 13-year-old Kazakh girl called Aishal Pan. And uh, in her community, the men are all eagle hunters, which means that they hunt with eagles, not men who hunt eagles. But they yeah. do obviously have to hunt the eagles initially initially to get the eagles, <laughs> to, to train the eagles eagle. to become the hunters. Yeah, And uh, all the men do this. Um, and she wants to become a eagle huntress, which is very rare. There's not very many of those about, and some of the elders, you know, disapprove and whatnot. Um, but she is such a kind of feisty youngster. She, you know, is going to basically prove that she can do anything. Hit it, see ya. <laughs> Firing stuff from Sia there. Yeah, just um, that's the end credit song, right? That's just in case you song. were confused what the message of the film was. Yeah, they yeah. put it into song. That's the bit where you kind of realize in the audience, but yeah, they, they made they like made this movie. And they were like, "This is such an inspiring tale. We've got to make sure kids are going to watch it." Yeah, and the key is that it was those dumb kids who were like, "Oh, eagles are kind of pretty," and then at the end, they're like, "Oh, I get it. We can do anything." That's the message. Awesome. Um, so you saw this at London Film Festival. I did. And I, I think s- we discussed it previously on the podcast, briefly. Yeah, yes. 
Um, so why even asking me? Go back, listen to the episode sorry. 86 or whatever it is. No. Um, and uh, and I saw it at a previous screening kind of recently um, with a very entertaining Q&A with the director afterwards. Um, I thought it was really excellent. Did you like it, Danny? I liked it a lot. I, w- I couldn't help but be swept up by it. Yeah. I teared up a little bit. Oh, yeah? Oh, which, yeah. which bit? Or several bits? There are definitely some moments. There are, well, it's very sort of your... fist-pumping kind of movie. Yeah. But I think what's so touching is that they live in this sort of very patriarchal society, but her dad is so cool. Yeah. And she's like, I want to be an eagle interest. And he's like, okay, sure. And they just like supports her no matter what. And even though like there's people throwing shade at him, he's like, I don't care. Yeah. My daughter's awesome. And it's like, God, that's empowering. It's got like <laughs> the structure of um, some kind of... Uh, like a sports movie. Like a sports movie from the 90s or something, like yeah. aimed at kids. Um, but I, it's there's even less like... Um, there's basically her dad and her are such strong-willed, like cheerful people that there's even less peril than there would be in like a kids' movie <laughs> version of this. You know, like yeah, they just seem like such um, competent, smart, hardy individuals who no obstacles can possibly um, prevent them getting what they want. They and can they do just, anything. They can do anything. They just breeze through like everything that gets in their way. Um, yeah, it's really it's amazing on a number of levels. I learned in the Q and A afterwards that the um, the movie was inspired by a picture, this photo that went viral. Um, it's on the BBC website, and it was it's of Aishal Pan um, practicing uh, hunting with her father's eagle, and it's this like amazing photo of. Um, her in sort of Mongolian traditional dress. Yeah, everyone um, looks amazing. Like she's movie. on like, yeah, everyone looks incredibly awesome. And she's on like the right hand um, side of the image. And in the background, it's this like amazing Mongolian landscape and beautiful mountains and stuff. And she's got this huge smile on her face and she's holding out her arm with like the falconry eagle glove thing on it. Yeah. And then left hand side of the image, it's like the most majestic giant <laughs> eagle you've ever seen. It's like the biggest species of eagle on earth. And it's just stretching its wings. It looks, you know, you just see it and you're like, uh, I want to turn this image into a shrine and worship it. Um, it's very, it's that inspiring. And the guy who saw this image got in touch with that family. And then he like basically put all of his own money um, and his life savings into traveling out to Mongolia with a crew of people to make a film about it. Um, and he happened to catch her just at this time when she was going to go and get her own eagle and then going to take place in a festival um, with other eagle hunters where she was going to be both the youngest participant and the only female one. And I don't know, it's like, it would be cheesy if it wasn't all true. And the leads are so charming and everything looks so spectacular. The whole subject matter of it is ridiculously cool because there's giant eagles, like giant (laughs) badass eagles constantly in it. And it's so like... It just is very convincing. It's not like one of those... Sometimes you watch documentaries where there's you can feel like a bit manipulated and that yeah, there's a like, more complex sure. tale behind it and, you know, maybe you're not getting the whole story or whatever. But, like, whether... What what the circumstances are exactly, I don't I don't know, obviously. But, like, it, it feels authentic and it feels like it earns its cheesiness. And it actually feels like if it had adopted a different tone, it would be a bit arch. Yeah. You know, you'd be a bit too clever, clever. It's like, it is that awesome. So, yeah, it's very hard, you know, though. hit it, see a track, let's <laughs> let's go. You know, it feels, that feels appropriate. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a bit of the way they do sequences in Planet Earth in that it is sort of done for maximum drama, but isn't deceitful in any way. Because it's really dramatic. Yeah, it's yeah. just really dramatic and they just amp it up, but it, it feels completely earned because, you mm. know, it is terrifying if you're a tiny penguin and somebody's trying to kill you. 
it's like why not put on some strings and have yeah a, you know, yeah 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 absolutely. it just makes it like if it, you know it would be too glib otherwise yeah completely and uh yeah i was just like uh a little choked up uh, well you... some of them some of the moments i mean i didn't i think that you have to have a heart of stone to not fall in love with this girl well she's so cheerful she's so <laughs> cheerful yeah she's like this i don't know you just smile every time you look at her she's like yeah. uh this like cherubic faced well she's both got this really like innocent face with this beautiful like wide grin that she adopts <laughs> all the time it's a really sunny smile but also this look of real determination and like what a total confidence she, yeah absolutely incredible um and this is sort of like juxtaposed of like the most old the oldest men they could find like yeah. all the elders of the village are like hilariously older grumpy yeah <laughs> i don't know it's those, like, those bits were i think those bits were like some of the like the most like um <laughs> sort of direct or like clumsy edited bits where they would just cut away to the angry elders shaking their heads at me like we don't approve women should not hunt with the eagles it's not you know that was kind of funny it's a very it's like probably one of the most heartwarming films i've seen this year yeah i mean you'll need a good christmas movie good christmas movie absolutely excellent christmas movie um i wish i had a daughter landscapes at the end and empower her yeah, I wouldn't even like. You don't need to raise your child anymore. You just literally, this is all you do: show them the film, yeah. show them the eagle huntress. Like, just don't bother instilling positive values in them because the movie will do it. Yeah, but what if they're like, I want to become an eagle huntress? It's like, well, you know, well, I live in a ham. So. Yeah, but you got to support them. That's <laughs> fuck that's it. Lessons we're moving to Mongolia. Gotta, let's go. Shit, let's go. Pack up your shit. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. Well, there you go. You know, you gotta, that's the sequel. Yeah. My kid saw the eagle huntress, and now she wants to become one. Oh no. <laughs> Get your cameras. You're going to have this conversation with your daughter where she's like, I want to bring an eagle huntress down. You're like, well, we live in Ham. You know, there's not too many eagles around here. And she's like, but see, I said I could do anything. And you're like, well, you got me there. Damn. Damn. Fine. Okay. Great. (laughs) Selling my house. Yeah, I can't possibly crush your dreams. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's one of the, it's like a totally uncomplicated, straightforward um, movie of uh, sort of young female heroism and uh it'll put a smile on your face and it looks yeah absolutely the tits looks the tits <laughs> it's a film about female empowerment and it looks the tits yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't see any 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 reason why i shouldn't shouldn't phrase it that way me neither you can do anything you want <laughs> Ooh, time for a break from all the film chat have a cup of tea maybe so unless you've been living in a hole for the past decade i don't know when did this news break this movie was being made two years ago where have you been for the last 10 years <laughs> a hole <laughs> for those of us inside not... a hole Hello, I, <laughs> I guess it was pretty dismissive of me yeah for those of us not living in a hole, <laughs> um, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. This is the first of the anthology films which aren't connected to the main saga. But yeah. Sort of, you know, little spin-offs. And this one is all about stealing the Death Star plans, which they give to Princess Leia, which kickstarts the whole bloody franchise in A New Hope. So this is directed by Gareth Edwards, we think, though... There were rumours, well not rumours, there was documented facts, a lot of reshoots went on with the help of Tony Gilroy. We don't know what he's been attributed to. He we got paid so much money. We don't know where he's been. We he got paid five million, so I don't think he gets a credit. He, you know, they bought the credit off him. Yeah. So the film starts with baddies visiting Galen Erso, played by Maz Mikkelsen. He is a sort of 
uh, Star Wars equivalent of sort of Joshua Oppenheimer, military scientist genius who was building the Death Star, but then had a crisis of confidence and or crisis of conscience, I should say, conscience, and yes, and left. And at the beginning, they take him away, and his little daughter runs off to be raised by Forrest Whitaker. She grows up to be Felicity Jones, playing Jin Ursu, and then she joins up with a ragtag band of the Rebel Alliance to steal the Death Star plans. Yeah. And stuff happens in between that. There's a, there's a movie with a lot of plot. A lot of stuff happens. Yeah. And here's a clip of uh, Jin Erso boarding a ship with K2SO, a sarcastic robot, and Cassian, who is played by Diego Luna, a sexy Spanish rebel captain. And she wants a gun, and he doesn't want her to have the gun. Why does she get a blaster and I don't? What? I know how to use it. That's what I'm afraid of. Give it to me. We're going to Jeddah. That's a war zone. That's not the point of... Where'd you get it? I found it. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. Brilliant dialogue. No gun for no, you. No gun no, for you. Don't have the Genesis, gun. You cannot have the gun. Why? I want one. <laughs> you cannot have the gun. I rebel against... That's not a good first <laughs> James impression, to be honest. So, uh, I find the Star Wars movies a bit strange these days. They are strange. Um, because... <laughs> they are strange, Danny. They're odd because, on one hand, it's made by people with a genuine and sincere love for these films. And you can feel that. But at the same time, it's completely a commercial entity where the money men are in charge of any major decisions. Yeah. And it's also both a prequel to and a sort of remake of A New Hope. So it's sort of like this weird nowhere movie. It only has the only reason it exists is to make money, but the people who make it are very genuine in their ambitions. They're and just greedy fanboys. Greedy fanboys. So like, I'm not sure if it ever escapes as being the most expensive piece of fan fiction ever. Yeah. But I sort of enjoyed it for what it was. Would be my general take of it. It kind of reminds me a bit of the Hobbit movies, which I don't think are particularly good. They have like good bits in it, but I just quite enjoy being in the world of that franchise yeah i i think that i had a few things going for it um rogue one i think that it would seem better if force awakens had distanced itself a little more from the original trilogy there's something a bit weird about bringing out this movie that's the seventh episode which is kind of a remake of the fourth episode and is constantly calling back to it and trying to evoke the feelings from uh, the original star wars yeah and then a movie which was it is set like five minutes before the first star wars so there's much more direct just the things that are in that movie or in this movie. Yeah, it's got more of a license to have the sort of fan service element. Yeah, so the fan service element's like built into the plot, but it's still you feel there's still some repetition purely because you had the um that kind of reboot remake sure, style sure. fan service um just last year. And obviously this has the real Death Star in it, but last year we had the like Death Planet, whatever it's called. And uh, and there's a lot yeah, there's a lot of things like that. And it also has the star wars sort of archetype characters yeah that you've always just got to include you know like the um sort of eccentric mentor and the uh, plucky orphan and the brave pilot and you know yeah so I d- it definitely it's a film that um feels a bit unnecessary it never feels like you know it has to exist but there are, there are, there are things that I like about it i think the the most the thing that i like the best about the movie is um the aesthetics of it which are successful in several ways they do a really, really good job, I think, of melding a modern, grandiose, mega blockbuster look with the aesthetics of 1970s 
Star Wars. Yeah. I think that's really effectively done because it could seem sort of, you don't want it to look like the most expensive episode of Red Dwarf ever or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, with like all these weird old haircuts that, you know, and stuff. And like the characters do have these sort of 70s dudes, a lot of them, and a lot of rebel alliance people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it kind of works. And a lot of the CGI aliens uh, look a bit rubbery. Like they do the CGI to look kind of like rubber. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it molds in with the look of the older movies. And, uh, when they, there's, when they sort of steal the data for the Death Star or whatever, it's on this big blocky tape. Of course it looks, is. Yeah. Um, no Wi-Fi and it was a long time ago. No USB. Yeah. 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 That, they only made those like, uh, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. This is that way longer than that in the past. Yeah. Um, so I think the look of it was really good. And it was also, um, uh, the quality of the effects is really spectacular and the photography is brilliant and the way that they do the scale of space things. Yeah, I think Gareth Edwards is, that's like that's his real his, strength. That's his thing. And I think he's much better. I find J.J. Abrams directing like a little televisual at times. Yeah, but it's like very he can, cinematic. He can really shoot scale in a way, yeah, abs- which is absolutely, very yeah. impressive. Like there's there's several shots in it that I was genuinely really like blown away by um, and it helped that we saw it in IMAX. And I really recommend, this is a perfect movie to see in that kind of format because you're squeezing all the juice out of the movie's best feature. I think the cast are very good. Like Ben Mendelsohn is brilliant in it. He's, he does, the, he's the best thing in it. He really judges his performance well between slightly hammy, you know, there's a certain tone you've got to pitch it, right? And he kind of nails it, which is kind of doubly yeah. impressive. He's the, bad, the, he's the bad guy. Because the movies have gone through all these reshoots and you feel that some people's characters have drastically changed. Yeah. And uh, Riz Ahmed continues to be the best thing and everything he's in. Yeah, he's, he's really just good. great. I think Felicity Jones's character has been heavily messed with by these reshoots because she's supposed to be the sort of jaded orphan who is a bit grim and nihilistic, but she only talks about hope for the entire movie. Yeah. Not just at the end of the film, but at the beginning. So she's like, where did she get all this optimism from? I thought she hated life and stuff. But Her yeah. character arc doesn't really make sense now or exist. Yeah, I yeah. think her character is perhaps um, indicative of the biggest problem with the movie is that it's all plot and no real story. It's not really about anything. You can see it's like what she it was, was supposed to be about yeah. her finding hope. Like what? that's the arc and her character. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that was the idea. I feel like there was two um, themes in it that may, maybe like in the original cut of the movie. This is highly speculative. Yeah. But I feel like the movie had two thematic things going on that are kind of at odds. And one of them is um, this story about hope um, fueling people's, um, you know, it's like that sort of uh, swashbuckling adventure. You have no chance. It's like a one in a million shot, but you're going to do it anyway. You yeah. know? And uh, that journey from uh, being jaded to signing up for a cause and willing to being willing to die for it. And at the same time, the movie is kind of about the moral gray areas and the like ethical uh, swamp that you get into in war. So it ends justify the, the means. The ends justify the means attitude and how uh, the rebels are so desperate that they will do nasty things and where, like the ethical questions that arise from that, which don't really come up. And there's one moment in particular where that's massively confused, at least in this edit of the movie, where there's this big event that to motivate her character, which could simultaneously motivate her in two opposite directions. <laughs> um, and she goes, you know, one way, but you're thinking back on it later and you're like, you know, but she could have just as easily taken the exact opposite lesson from that. And it's very... Yeah. Yeah. It, in, the, in the end, it's a bit of a hodgepodge that doesn't quite like successfully drive any of those two messages home. I mean, there's a lot, there's like this message of self-sacrifice or whatever, you know, and like embracing the cause and you know hope giving your life meaning and stuff but like 
I don't know. Does that? I don't know. It didn't really land. Well, I think the problem is because you know how it's going to end. For the story to work, you have to be engaged in the actual individual characters because yeah. you don't know what will happen to them. That's the sort of the edge this movie has. Is like, oh, you don't know if these characters will live or die or not. Yeah. And so you have to really be invested whether they live or die or not. Yeah. But I don't think it ever really emotionally engages you. But it's just it's so sort of whiz bang and like there's a plan every five minutes and explosions that it, it sort of doesn't really matter like i was thoroughly entertained throughout but then i felt like i could you know we kind of had a drink afterwards and i was like what was the scene with that what was that about and there's, there's a lot of that kind of stuff and you don't know how much to attribute to these reshoots and how much was just like a flaw in the design of the movie yeah do you prefer it to force awakens i think that's going to be the big sort of you know um decision well, make. when I uh, when I came out, I was thinking that I liked it better. But I don't know. I think Force Awakens is a film that was characterized by a bit of the shine wearing off, where yeah. people came out and they're like, "Whoa, I loved it so much! It was amazing! It was better than uh, Empire, whatever." And then, like a few weeks later, people started to reevaluate and like, actually, yeah. was there that much going on that like, you feel like you've been, um, yeah, you know, uh, sold? You've been deceived a little bit. You're like it was all just um, whoops and bangs, and it's actually there's nothing there under the surface. Um, so I don't know if there's a similar like effect with this movie. But there are things about it that I like better than Force I Awakens. I think I prefer. It. I think it's genuinely it had like an epicness to it that Force Awakens yeah. lacked. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's more epic. I think, as you said, with Force Awakens, there's almost like a limit to how good these films can be because yeah. they've got all these things they have to tick off, and even if it's a you know a piece of fan fiction, it's a very spectacularly mounted one. And given all the rumors about all these reshoots and stuff, it's actually pretty coherent. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah, I mean, it's no, it's we're not, we're not talking Suicide Squad levels of um, disastrousness by any means. Yeah. So, and I feel you can feel the heartfelt nature in which it was made. Yeah. Even throughout, you know, the sort of Hollywood machine of cynicism and capitalism, it has succeeded, ish. Good. Good. <laughs> I give it. F- Three and a half Star Wars out of five Star Wars. <laughs> Me too. I give it three point seven five <laughs> Star Wait, yeah, whatever. My favorite film stars Bridget Bardo. She's the queen that she wants to be in radio. So she starts a podcast with her friends and the terrorists try to stop her, but she beats them in the end. Okay, so there's a new Fast and the Furious movie on the way have we talked about this before danny on the podcast i believe yeah briefly but briefly all this information has suddenly come out well there's a trailer for it now yeah and the trailer lets us know the title which is pretty amazing it's going to be called the fate of the furious i think we speculated a little bit before about how they were going to title this one i assumed it was just gonna be fast day or furious eight or something yeah because it's one of the most spectacularly titled franchises in existence um, in terms of the creative ways they combine the words Fast and Furious. And uh, yeah, Fate of the Furious, pretty good. They yeah. haven't spelled it F8. F8, because I think you just read it as F8 of the Furious, Yeah, which is fair enough. So they've just spelled it Fate, and you just have to just tell by the sounds. You just have to think, you know, mm. it's like a in-joke. It requires a little brain power. It's pretty clever. And uh, have you seen the trailer? Oh, I've seen it. What did you make of it? I thought it was a bizarre direction. The bizarre, Lennon. absolutely bizarre direction. I was like, Vin I wasn't expecting that. Vin Evil. Vin, he's Vin Evil. He's Vin Evil now. After talking about fucking family for seven movies, he betrays what his family. He betrays his family. I guess that's like, family? how do you take it up a notch? He Just, loves his family. Wait a minute. He hates his family. What could be the reason? Why is he betraying his family? Well, why do people normally betray their families for um, hot booty? 
Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. I'd betray my family for Charlize. I would for Charlize. For Charlize. If it was, if it was <laughs> to for please Charlize, Charlize <laughs> I would betray anybody. <laughs> um, yeah. So he goes off with Charlize Theron. He's the villain, but it's got everyone. Everyone's back. The, the whole thing now is that they don't get rid of any characters. Nah, mate. So they just accumulate them. So The Rock turned up for Fast Five, and he's just in every film. We had Statham last time. He's back. Yeah. And now we've added Charlize. Kurt Russell's back. It's just an insanely. Helen Mirren's in it. Mirren's in it. I don't mean she was in the trailer, but she's in it at some point. Yeah, I didn't know that. Is she in it? Yeah, maybe she's playing Vin's mum or something. Isn't she going to be one of the poor women who's forced to um, just dance around in a bikini in all of yeah. these films? Well, she's, There's always some scene where they have tight, to go right? to a party. Helen? Yeah. You saw those photos of her in, on a holiday a few years ago? She probably went to like an anonymous audition for um, for like those parts, and she just blew everyone else away. They didn't even realize it was Helen Mirren. Um <laughs> yeah i think that's good if you're gonna have just like you know needless <laughs> like, booty shading sort of why like, not it be a 65 year old woman objectifying yeah exactly why not objectify all races and ages colors and creeds yeah exactly that's true equality equal equal opportunities objectifying um so danny you and our good friend Dougal mcqueen have both been hard at work coming up with titles yeah uh Dougal has a bunch of titles for the well alternative titles for fast and furious 8 and Danny, you have ones for nine. Yeah. So shall I do, you know, do, you do I'll read out Dougal's and then yeah. you can read out your own. This is great. I didn't have to do anything, listeners. Yeah. Just other people did it. It's brilliant. You have to think of Fast 10. Just way off the top. Oh, of no, head. I can't. No, I can't. Dougal's are really good. Here we go. Infuriated. Nice. Last Man Furious. Oh, I didn't get that one. Last Man. Where's the eight? Last Man Furious. Yeah, I don't get that one. Fast... Fast man. and Furious. Last Man Last Furious. Last Man Furious. Is there... Sort of rhymes. Okay, yeah. Fast and Furious. High Octane. Oh, That's oct. good. Good. That's good. Eight Days a Week film. Eight Days a Week film. Eight Days a Week film. How about this one? Mate, I'm furious. <laughs> it's like M8. That's good. I like it. It's chummy. The Tankful Eight. Tank. It's like the hateful eight. Yeah, but it's about your the tank of your car. Sure, being full because they drive cars. How about this one? Now I'm by 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 furious. What? I think it's a play on by curious. Oh, but he's done Scott four Pilgrim. buys because buys two. You need to add up to eight. So four. So now I'm he's by 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 furious. I think that would be an incredible title. <laughs> Confuse everyone in the world. Yeah. Now I'm by by by. <laughs> Yeah. Um, here's the final one. Blast my radiators fucked. Shouldn't have driven so furiously. Brilliant. Yeah, there's a colon in that. And then the second half of it is in brackets. Very good. <laughs> Great titles, Duga. Thank you Brilliant. so much. Very Brilliant. Very, yeah, better very, than mine. That much, annoys me. Much better than Danny's, whatever they are. Here we go. Fast and Furious 9. It's the sequel to Now and Bye 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 okay. Bye Furious. Fast and Fu- I've gone for Fast and Furious colon for a lot of them. Okay. Fast and Furious, the finishing nine. Fast and Furious in the Nine of Duty. Nice. Fast and Furious, end of the nine. End of the line. Yeah. Fast and Furious, nine and dandy. (laughs) The fate of the curious cat who had nine lives. Very good. Yeah, love that one. Twerking nine to five, because a lot of chicks twerking in it. That's true. And then I thought of one for ten, which would be Fast Ten, your seatbelts. Nice, that's good. Yeah. Fast Ten, your seatbelts. Yeah, that's a good... If that's not the tagline, I will be shot. I will eat my carburetor. So, Sam, think of one for Fast 11. Go! I don't think they make one, actually. It's fine. You have to think of one. 
Wait, no, wait. This is the first of the last trilogy, isn't it? Yeah, so they're only going so up to So it's going to be 7, 8, wait, 8, eight nine, nine, 10. 10. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so good. I'm relieved of that. I don't have to do it. Thank God. Um, well. <laughs> well. Well, well, well. Thanks so much for listening. Next week is going to be our 100th episode. It's going to be our 100th episode. So and it's going to be a Christmas please, episode And a Christmas well. episode. So please send us in your favorite films of the year, your worst films of the year, any comments you have about films you've seen this year, things you want to hear, comments, queries, Christmas, Christmas remarks, remarks, remarks of a Christmassy nature. Yeah, all that jazz. Yes, looking forward to reading all your jazz. Um, and we'll speak to you, well, on Christmas. On Christmas, when you've put this on, when the family's gathered round, yeah. listen to us. <laughs> it's, tur- it's turkey carving music. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 